Hello and welcome to Daily Conference for Entrepreneurs. My name is Mustafa Hosseini. I am your, your host for the show at Daily Confidence. We share tips, strategies, and actionable advice that you could use to boost your confidence when it comes to running your business on a daily basis. So um, as usual, please make sure to like and subscribe to the show on whichever channel you're watching. If you have any questions, put them in the in it as a comment in uh, on any social media platform that you're on. And if you have any friends that could benefit from the conversations, tag them as in a comment and share the conversation and information with them. Today, I have an amazing guest. My guest is Marie Elizabeth. Molly, welcome, uh, Marie Elizabeth. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Great to have you. And we're talking about the relationship alchemy for entrepreneurs, which is an amazing topic. Now, um, let me do the proper introduction for Marie Elizabeth, and then I uh, we're going to dive into a very interesting conversation here. So, so um, as a relationship alchemist and two-time TEDx speaker, Elizabeth Molly shows visionary women how to cultivate deeper love and connection in their intimate relationships. Drawing on her master's degree in traditional Chinese medicine and over 20 years of working with clients, she teaches women how to show up as authentic leaders in their relationships and work instead of twisting themselves to fit in. Marie Elizabeth's work has been featured in Thrive Global, Global, Sway, and Forbes, and she is also a member of the Forbes Business Council, a published author with an MFA in poetry from Sarah Lawrence College, and an underwater photographer who has a thing for sharks. That's very interesting. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> How's your day going so far? It's going great. I, I'm, I'm loving it. Are I'm you? in a really good space this morning. <laughs> Beauty. And where about are you? I'm in San Jose del Cabo, Mexico. So in Baja California Sur. And uh, we have a house here. And we also have a house in Los Angeles. But today I'm here in Mexico. And I saw whales out the window this morning. It was awesome. Really? You saw whales out the window? Yeah. They, this is whale season here. So every day they're breathing and breaching. And I took this picture. Um, I took this picture of a whale in Tonga, which is near Fiji. Oh, yeah. Which is another big migration spot for them. And next week we're going to the Dominican Republic to swim with them there. So... Aside from sharks, I also love whales. <laughs> amazing, amazing. Beauty. So let's dive right into it. Tell us about your story. What is your story? Well, I've always been self-employed, actually. I've been an entrepreneur since my early 20s when I was uh, trained as a massage therapist and eventually left the massage place where I was working and went out on my own and never looked back. <laughs> And so uh, the thing that was always challenging for me over time was my relationships because I love my work. I'm very passionate about my clients. I'm a hard worker. I'm stimulated creatively by work. And so there for a long time was this tension between my passion for my work and how much attention I had to give someone at home. And they would start to complain that it wouldn't be enough attention for them. And there would, 
inevitably be the tent, you know, the arguments and it would not work out. And so after my marriage ended in 2012, I really began to take a deep dive into studying what makes me tick in relationships, what makes us tick in relationships, what's unique about relationships for creators who are very passionate and entrepreneurs who are passionate about what they're bringing to the world. How do we have both thrive? This is something I've been on about for the last eight years and, and I'm in a thriving relationship now that supports my success. And I know that it's capable, that we are capable of doing that and having that. But most of us never learned the skills along the way to have both. Got it. So um, what do you do these days and who do you serve? Well, I work primarily with women, sometimes also with couples and occasionally even with men privately. Uh, and we really work on how do you show up in relationship in such a way that you can have the love be as deep and vast and amazing as you want. So my people are often creators. They're often entrepreneurs. They're passionate. They have their own channel to the thing that they're here to do. And they want to figure out how to feel as inspired and in love with another person <laughs> and not just with their creations, right? And so um, for me, there it's a three-tiered situation. There's mindset. How do you feel about relationships? What do you believe about relationships? There's skill. How do you have more relational skill? And then the third piece is really community with other folks who care about the same thing, which is why I began having a group program because I think community is very powerful. Interesting. Interesting. Those are three very, three very um, uh, important components that I, I, I'm thinking we're going to talk more about it. So how did you become the relationship alchemist? Well, I see alchemy. So I've long had this approach where I believe we have to integrate the parts of ourselves. And this is as business people and relationship people. We all have a shadow. We all have parts of ourselves that have been relegated to the background because they were not supported growing up. They were punished. They were inconvenient. Maybe they didn't help us fit in. So we tried to shut them out. And all that stuff back there tends to run the show covertly. So alchemy it, on the psycho-spiritual level, historically, it was about turning lead into gold. But metaphorically, in relationship, how do you turn the lead of a relationship, the conflicts, the, the discord, the resentments, the places where you feel disconnected and not skillful? How do you take that and turn them that into gold, which in relationship context means more fuel for intimacy, deeper connection, more transparency, more the experience of being fully known and loved for who you are, not for the representative you send out into the world, but for you. And I believe relationships exist to help us reveal that self, that is the true self. And part of how they reveal it is by revealing when we're not being that. <laughs> and then providing the love and connection that's really the inspiration to do the work. Love it. That's the first time that I actually heard about 
using a problem in a relationship as an opportunity to grow a connect and love which um i i've 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 used this metaphor in other places like business and general life but i've never thought about it in a relationship like in an intimate uh, at a home type of relationship can you give us an example of how that that could work or something from your experience on a problem that we looked at it differently and turned into into an opportunity to connect love and grow more than before absolutely so each of us has a stress what i call a stress style so when you get overwhelmed let's say in your business each of us has a way that we handle that so my tendency as i get more stressed out i start to move faster that's just i'm from new york it's my nervous system i go i i get faster and i try to do all the things and my partner when he gets stressed out he's he's an engineer he was in the navy his training all of his training is to get more deliberate more precise and to avoid making a mistake i move fast but i might create wreckage and he moves right. more slowly so you can see how our two stress styles could clash and did often like before a trip when we're packing to get leave town until we figured out oh this clash we keep having is because i'm trying to move faster and he's trying to slow down but we both have the same goal which is to accomplish getting to the airport on time with all the luggage for example right and so once we realized that it was our stress styles that were running into a conflict and not us we could turn and begin to notice when i start ramping up instead of judging me his response is now hey i see you're speeding up what could i take off your plate are you stressed what do you need vice versa i see you slowing down what do you need so are we turn instead of clashing that thing that used to bug us about each other before now becomes the cue to tune in time to support one another more deeply make sure we're on the same team i talk a lot about we can have a whole conversation on same team if you like because that's one of the things i teach uh is radically being on the same team but this thing that we used to clash about now is the thing that causes us to tune into one another more deeply get on the same team and execute more effectively toward the goal okay so how do you figure we uh, we need to connect on an issue how would you approach it let's say that let's say that i'm the husband who gets more focused and tries to avoid the mistakes and you're running around wrecking things because you're speeding up what's the best way to identify the problem approach it and talk about it and in a way that is i guess productive instead of nagging and and you know biting and you know poisoning the relationship absolutely So the important thing is to begin the communication early before there's a bunch of charge and resentment built up because no matter how pretty I could teach you all the pretty ways to say something but if you have judgment and resentment and charge going on underneath the thing that you say perfectly your partner's going to react to that feeling they're going to react to what they feel 
So the first step is to begin communicating soon enough before you're already pissed. <laughs> it is to say, hey, something feels funny here. Can we talk? Or, hey, I noticed you're speeding up. What do you need? How can I help? Or I have something vulnerable to share with you, or I have something important to share with you. Is this a good time? I'm a big fan of beginning conversations with that question. I have something important to talk with you about. Is this a good time? Because it, number one, cues the listener that to pay attention so that you're not divided in your attention. You're actually listening to each other. And number two, you're not trying to get the person's attention. You know, if it's not a good time, then the person can say it's not a good time. So many arguments start because we're trying to talk to each other at an inopportune moment when the other person actually doesn't have bandwidth. So you could avoid a lot of conflicts if you made sure that both of you actually have the bandwidth to talk, start the conversation. So I recommend starting there. Get, get the buy-in to have a quick convo and also make sure you're bringing something up before you have a lot of charge on it. Because if you have a lot of charge, you're gonna react to that. There's more right. steps to the framework, but I'll stop there. So great question. I have some important talk about, is this a good time? And then the other very important thing is that, and I, and I think people let it go for so long typically and let that charge build up before they explode. So yes. it's kind of, I think it's a skill that we need to develop. It's that, really a practice. It's a skill right. that is not taught that we need to develop. And depending on our family of origin, we may or may not have had the experience of people actually talking about things in an open way. Right. We, most of us probably had the experience of suppress, 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 explode. At least I've seen that a lot. Interesting. So let's say that, say, I reach out and say, hey, I have some, uh, honey, I have some, some, some important talk about, is this a good time? And she goes, oh, I've never, I don't think she should say no. Uh, usually she'll say yes. And then what is the next thing or what's the next best way for me to bring out the uh, issue? Yeah. So the next way, the next important thing before you talk about the issue is to let her know why it matters to you. This okay. sounds like, hey, I want to talk about this thing because earlier today something happened and I felt us disconnect and I want us to get reconnected again. Oh, love it. Or uh, I want to talk about this thing because it's been weighing on my mind and I realize I haven't been sharing it with you and I want to let you into this vulnerable spot. Or... Love it. You know, I want to tell you this thing. So you, you, you are priming their listening by giving them the reason why you want to share it and why it's important to you. So that if the thing you're sharing might feel critical or, or hard to hear, if they start to react, you can say, hey, we're on the same team here. I'm sharing this because I want to be connected with you. I'm sharing this because I need to share, like I've been withholding something and I don't want to withhold anymore. So it, it provides having the goal in mind, just like in business, having the goal in mind 
gives you the path to get there, right? And for any time in the conversation, when it starts to go off the rails, either one of you can say, wait, wait, wait. Our goal here is to get more connected by the end of this conversation. The way it's heading right now is not leading to that. How do we bring ourselves back? Hmm. That, that was gold right there. Gang, if you're watching or listening, and if you have any questions, make sure you pop them in a, in a, in the, in a comment and we'll make sure we'll answer it. But letting, just going over what just happened and I want to let you in or I just want to make sure we're not disconnected. I want to make sure that we connect and talk and share and that I, I don't want to lose my respect for you. I don't want to lose my love for you and or... Oh, that that that's such an amazing relationship nugget right there that I think it could strengthen relationships like instantly 10xing the strength of the relationship like in a matter of five minutes. Absolutely. And it's just that and, becoming and that only after that do you then say the thing. Especially if a man does this to her woman. Yeah. Yes, uh, I see this as a huge opportunity. Uh, I, more. So, I'd love to hear how you see that as an opportunity. I'm curious. Uh, because men don't do that. Mm. Typically men, men, if you ever read uh, men are from Mars, women are from. I did. Many where years is ago. it? Uh, women are from somewhere Venus. else. Venus. Venus, right? And yeah. so we just communicate differently. And as men, we try to go in our cave, try to figure things on our own. And we, we keep our women outside and we don't let them in until we figure things out and then we may talk about it maybe yeah maybe but then if we go in with our women and say honey i need to let you in on something she i i could see this her lighting up like in a matter of seconds oh yeah it's such a huge relationship booster that um i'm gonna actually try this today Oh, good. Let me know. I will do this today as soon as we're done. And because I want to let you in on something because I want us to, whatever the reason. Feel more connected. I want us to, you know, et cetera. Or I just just need to let something off my chest. Exactly. Right? I just need to let you in on something because, oh, that's. So I know men need to practice this more because we don't do this enough. I oh, know this women need to practice this as much as men because we then, don't do this either. Women don't do this either? Uh, what I see is women come with like... Whether or not the man is available to hear it. And by setting it up... And, and, then, they, and then the man is like, whoa... You know, and and not a good time. Here we're talking very heteronormative. I work with a lot of queer folks. This is not gender. You know, uh, we're not only talking about heterosexual relationships here, but very often one partner will be more the emotive partner who thinks, who processes out loud. So what we're talking about is different processing styles, and what you're describing is an internal processing style. Someone who goes inside, figures it out inside, and then only shares it when it's done, when they've figured it out, like when they're, right? And then what we're also talking about is the opposite kind of processing style where you figure out how you think and feel by talking about it. Yeah. So the talking itself is the working out of the situation, which can be very frustrating to an internal processor because you're like, 
why do I have to listen to all this crap? Don't yeah. you know what you want? Let yeah. me fix it. So this setup helps the two different processing styles to get on the same team because number one, both people are primed to listen. Hey, I've got something important to talk with you about. Is this a good time? Both people can be 100% present. Number two, I want to share this with you because I want to feel more connected because X, Y, Z, whatever the reason is, like my goal for this conversation is that we get to hear whatever the goal is. And then here's the thing, you know, when you brushed me off the other day, when I tried to kiss you, it hurt my feelings, it made me feel like I don't matter. You know, like then you say the vulnerable thing and for either partner, it, it, it opens the door for the conversation to be constructive and to come back to being constructive if it gets destructive. And, and it allows for both people who have maybe different processing styles to meet. So we will talk about how, how extremely important this is for business owners because we're dealing with men and women all day long, but I guess we need to figure it out at home, make it a habit so we could transfer it, transfer it elsewhere, if I'm not mistaken. That's exactly right. You know, it's how we do anything is how we do everything, right? So right. if we get more skillful with communication at home, where the charge is high, it helps us handle our team better. It helps us navigate client calls, sales calls, being happier, because you feel more connected and you're getting enough sex at home <laughs> has you be more attractive to a potential client. Cause you just feel good. Like it has wide reaching oh effects. Oh, you just read my mind. Like guys, if you're listening to this, try what we just, what we just went over. Cause I've done it in the past, but I certainly don't do it enough and watch the quality of your relationship, quality of your sex and the quality of everything jump up instantly, like the day of, as you're Talk about a confidence builder, right? Oh my lord! And it will just, it will just be amazing. She will just be there for you, just very easily and quickly. Now, let me let me bring this up because, so men cave in and try to think it through. Mm. Women like to talk about things, right? And so usually what women, in my experience, resort into is their mom, their sisters, their girlfriends are the ones that are going to get on the phone, talk about the issues, but not the partner. Hmm. So what advice do you have for women to reach out to their partner, which we talk about is like, maybe this is not a good time and or maybe she's going to open up and he's going to give her some smart ass response as to, oh, just call or oh, we do that. So yeah. what advice do you have for women about this so that one, they do this properly, do they don't do it and not get hurt by his response or his smart ass response? Per Absolutely. Se. Great question. Well, first of all, it's the same framework. And, you know, number one, see if it's a good time and you're letting him know there's something important. Number two, telling him why this matters, what the goal of the conversation is, where you want to be by the end. Number three is to say it as simply and in as few words as possible. 
just like I said it, when you brushed by me the other day, rushing off to work and forgot to kiss me goodbye, it hurt my feelings. Could we just have a kiss before we leave each day? That would, that would feel so good, right? A simple, clear communication. The second piece that's key came into my mind as we were talking and it's gonna come back. So the first one is to just speak about it and make sure that you just nicely in as, I think the key word there was in as few words as possible. As few words as possible. Like this is something, oh yes. And the second piece is try not to catch, if you are in a heterosexual relationship, try not to catch your man while he's doing something else. And because it's very hard to have a split focus and be an effective listener. Number two, the other piece is to pre-frame what you want from the conversation. I'm gonna tell you this thing and I just want you to hear me. Or I'm gonna tell you this thing and I want your input on how to fix it. My partner has learned to ask me that. So I am in a relationship with a man and my partner, I will bring something to him that's weighing on my mind or that's up for me. And before he gets too far, he'll say, if I haven't pre-framed it, he will say, what are you wanting right now? Are you wanting to vent? Like, do you just want me to listen? Do you want me to help you find a solution? Do you just want to cry and be held? Like I'm here for all of it. Just let me know which which you want from me and I'll show up that way. And that way I get the, the listening, the kind of listening that I'm actually desiring. And we don't get into this habitual, you know, the, the, the common clash is like, don't try to fix me. Like, I just want to be heard, you know, like you don't have to have it come out like that because you're actually letting them know in advance which partner you want. Do you want the fix it partner? Do you want the listening partner? Do you want the holding partner that just gives you some comfort? Which partner do you want? Uh -huh. Tell him how to show up so he can give you the right thing and win with you. It's a gift to tell your man which man you want in that moment, from my perspective. It's a, it's a win for the guy because he knows, okay, great, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. And he gets to win because he gives the right support, you know? And it's a win for me because then I get the listening or the hug or the solution, the ideation that I need. So it's a win for both people to be clear about who you need right now. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Don't you think it would be cool if, if the women in your life did that more? I think if, if yeah, absolutely. Right. Where, I, where it's I, like, I, um, hey, Mustafa, I need you to I want you to listen to this thing that's weighing on me and I don't need you to fix it. I just I just need to hear myself talk out loud. Are you willing to just let me talk out loud, figure it out? And I bet you'd be like, great, I'm off the hook. I don't have to fix it. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> right. But then I'm also thinking about the, the men that would be a total jerk mm. and they would respond like a total ass and, and, and just not be there and not hold the space for her to connect. What advice do you have for both men and women, for women to 
what to do if that happens and for men to um let's just talk about women and uh, uh, what to do either to avoid it yeah or what to do when that happens let's just talk about that first got it so to avoid it you use the conversation framework i just downloaded to you mm -hmm. because if you're not just like dumping your unmediated stuff in his direction you are probably going to get a better response but right. if you're just like dumping your stuff over there you might get a smart ass response or you might get like a half-assed response because he's not really listening I will say there's a caveat. If if there's been a pattern in place in the relationship for a long time of sniping, criticism, smart ass response, you know, comments and things, it could take a minute to undo that. You're you're undoing a pattern that's already in place. So it might take a minute for that to stop. So I have two suggestions here. The first one, if he does something dumb, just ignore it. It's like training a puppy. You reward the behavior you like, you ignore the behavior you don't like. This takes a lot of self-will to not take it personally. This is where we have to be an adult. Number two, if your feelings are hurt, you start the process over again. Hey, honey, I have something to share with you, something important to share with you. Is this a good time? Like maybe the next day you say, and then it's like, I want to do this because something happened yesterday that had me feel disconnected from you and I want to reconnect. Great. Hey, you know, when you said that thing yesterday, that hurt my feelings. Next time, would you please either frame it, you know, say it differently or just maybe don't say it at all? My mind is running in some some uh, 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 different directions, but go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to no, I'm done. <clears throat> so... This, this is such such an important and powerful process. And I'm thinking, I, I, I don't know why I'm constantly thinking that um, about men who wouldn't open up to this at, at, while we're talking. Because may, may, I, may, may I share? And it's about vulnerability. And exactly. As, 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 as men, I've seen many men who do this to their women as when she tries to open up, uh, he will just reject her. He will brush her off or provide some smart ass one liner to just shut her up and he will move on. Now, a couple of things that jumped wait, in my wait, mind. Before oh. I want to stay on that spot. Can, can we yeah. just stay here for a second? Absolutely. So my guess is when that's the response is that it, it has not felt safe for him to be open. Like either she's been very critical of him or a family, you know, or he was raised in a family where it wasn't safe to be open. And so the way I hear that, so for example, I had a client um, who came to me to save her 28 year marriage because he was threatening to divorce. And he had a habit of sniping and being critical of her. And as she worked with me, she, uh, got stronger and she stopped taking the bait. She stopped reacting to his barbs and uh, began asking more effectively for what she actually wanted. And for some time, he still tried to get at her in the old way because 
he got energy from that. There was a part of him that kind of liked getting a rise from her and having her get, he got energy from that. And until he realized, oh, I'm still going to get energy from her, but it does, I don't have to get it that way. Like he began to open up. He began to offer to help out more around the house. He began to invite her to go do things when he had stopped doing that because his own safety in the relationship began to open when she began to hold herself differently. So that's example number one. Example number two, if he doesn't, if, if, if you're with somebody and they're not willing to begin to open up, then you have a decision to make for how long you wanna stay in that relationship. Like mm -hmm. if there's no willingness to shift the dynamic and you're making an effort to be responsible and clear in your communication and vulnerable and all of that. And you're not, and, and your partner is completely not receptive to that and belittling you. Goodbye. Yeah. You don't need that. You know? Right. So that, that was, that's my two responses to that. Absolutely. In my experience, oh. men usually transform when they are treated with the respect they deserve and when they're approached in this way. So three things that popped in my mind as we were talking about it. One way I read somewhere that if you visualize a certain certain situation, it is more likely to start happening. Look, if you want your partner to be happy, visualize your partner being happy. And as you walk into that situation, it's more likely to happen. Yeah. And the fact is, if so I always tell people that if you can't visualize something, chances are you're not going to achieve it. If you have a hard time visualizing your husband happy, chances are you're going to critic or your or wife or husband. Exactly. Chances are you're going to be critical and it's going to turn into a part of my French shit show that you're probably not going to like. Yeah. The other thing that um, popped in my mind is uh, uh, the book uh, Chris Voss. The book on negotiation he said he suggests asking questions that has a no response because people especially men love saying no so i'm like is this a bad time to chat and he'd be like no if it's not because people enjoy saying no yeah would you be against having a two-minute conversation no um <laughs> would it hurt your feeling if i if i tell you something that might help no so that no tailored questions, and I've tried this in business and in sales and in relationships, people love saying no. And that, that one piece of advice from him made a massive difference to me. And um, so I think going out to, to your man and asking him that way, would, even men or women, I think getting a no yeah. response might help with that. That is so interesting. I'm going to have to play with that. Yeah. That's like, would you be against um, hearing me out for a minute? No. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, I would not be against that. That's yeah. so interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you get, your little, you get your little no yayas out, right? Yeah. And then you can be a yes. Yeah, exactly. So people would give a no a lot easier than giving a yes. Interesting. Right. That'll, that'll be an Is interesting. Is it a bad time to talk? Is it a bad time to chat? No. What's up? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. There was a third thing that popped in my mind and I totally, it, so anyway, let's move on. Um, can you tell us how this would help a man to listen 
to her woman in a relationship, in his work, and we're going to, to dive into our next section, which is would be a good segue. Would women prefer a man that is more vulnerable and accepting than a man that is not? And what advice do you have for men in specifically on this regard? I think it depends on the woman. I, I don't I don't see a blanket statement that's possible here because some women prefer a man who really takes the lead and you know and she prefers to follow and other women like entrepreneurial women are are in charge all day long and it might be difficult to transition to a man who's always taking the lead so she might want a partner where there's more give and take you know where they're where where they're bouncing ideas off each other and both input both people have input so it, I think it depends on the makeup of the of the particular relationship in question. I will say what makes for a better listener is you 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 have the right like if if someone is telling you something in such a way that you can't process it say that. Like my partner if I start talking to him about in-depth stuff while he's driving he will say, "You know what?" I can't actually sort this out right now and and pay attention to the road in the way that I feel comfortable. So please bring it to me later. Like he has a boundary. He has a very strong boundary around what I bring up to him when so that he can be more effective. It's not because he doesn't like to hear me talk. He loves to hear me talk. But he wants to hear me talk at a time when he can actually feel and receive and reflect and be present. And so for him, that's not when he's driving. It's not when he's in the middle of doing something else. It's when he can be present with me. So I think it's important to be clear about your boundaries, about what you can and can't hear when. And I think it's you also, like, uh, th they're... This is probably going to get me in some hot water, what I'm about to say. <laughs> I'm about, come at me, internet. I'm about to say some shit. Okay. But I think we've gotten into a situation where uh, people have gotten in a habit of communicating with each other uh, with a lot of disrespect. And I think there's an environment where men in particular... Um, you know, women have always been disrespected, like goes in the baker. But we've, we're in a situation where uh, where men get bashed a lot, and the innate um, beauty of the masculine, which exists in both women and men, but the innate beauty of the masculine it doesn't get uh, affirmed or acknowledged like it should be, just uh -huh. as. The innate beauty of the feminine, which exists in both women and men, also does not get acknowledged. It and you know it gets denigrated a lot. So in this climate, where our inner masculine and feminine are duking it out half the time, we are mean to each other outside in our mouth to the other person. We get disrespectful and mean. And uh, I believe that needs to change. I think people would be better listeners if they were respected. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think 
we live in a day and an age where masculinity is being bashed. Yeah, and, and it's and, like and it's natural. And I'm not again, uh, so I'm not promoting men being assholes to their partners in any. No, shape. I mean natural, all. nice masculinity is something that, as far as I've seen, women actually appreciate and love and follow. Absolutely. I mean, and I think women lose their interest in a man if he's not that. And so, yeah, and and women, you know, I think we also lose interest when we're not respected too. Mm-hmm, absolutely, you know? I think it's a two way street. And absolutely, and so I'm really about how do you create loving, respectful, transparent, honest, vulnerable communication so that your relationship is a haven, so your relationship is a place you want to come home to, and fill up with to go slay the dragons tomorrow at work, you know? Absolutely. Um, you know, uh, I always talk about this book, Men Are From Mars and Women from Are From Venus by John Gray. Yeah. I always tell people, if you don't read this book, whether you're a man or a woman, you have no clue how your partner is talking to you and you have no clue how men and women in general talk and think and communicate because we speak and think a different language when we're in a different spectrum than women and women are just totally different too we communicate and talk differently and and for me until i read that book i had absolutely no clue how to communicate Mm -hmm. with women i thought i knew how to talk but i just didn't and it just opened my eyes like massively here's a third thing that i forgot that i'm I'm just going to bring it up real quickly i'm reading a book about uh, called the lies we tell ourselves by john fredrickson yes i've heard of it i haven't read it yet it, it it's been an eye-opener for me mm. and in there he talks about how we as let's say me as a husband i make a fake identity for my wife that i want her to live up to that yeah identity or yeah. that image that she's not correct and, and that that lie with that we tell ourselves creates friction yeah and then what happens is that we don't accept the person as he or she is and that that's what creates a lot of issues as well absolutely going back to i guess accepting people as they are so that it doesn't create those issues and you know the friction and all that and it's just a lot easier to communicate like accepting absolutely i mean it, it, it that's the kind of relationship I encourage and like to facilitate to make happen is a, is a relationship where each person is their own person. They get to be themselves and then they choose to be together as a team. You choose each other because the connection that exists between you fuels each of your growth, fuels each person's expansion into the truth of who they are. Like if you're trying to control your partner to make them in this little picture of who you think they should be, that's not love. That's manipulation. Like that's not a relationship. That's a fantasy. Like that's just like not going to work. And eventually one or the other person is going to wake up and, and need to get out of the box. Absolutely. So let's talk about why it's important to prioritize our intimate relationships as entrepreneurs and how does that affects us? 
Well, the first most direct effect when we don't prioritize our relationships is that they simmer in this, you know, unhappy kind of neglected frequency and it drains our energy at work. I mean, how many times are you distracted at work rehashing the fight you had last night? Like you can't focus because you're pissed at something they did or said, you know? And so by tending to your relationship and making sure that that feels great, you can actually be at work and focus on work. It creates a healthier uh, division, you know, yeah. in your mental space. <laughs> and also I think, and this might be more particular to women, what I'm about to say is um, because women, we attract a lot by our radiance. And I don't mean like physical beauty. I mean, the energy that we come with. Uh, and the, the, um, the more radiant we are, the more we tend to land clients, <laughs> entrepreneurs I'm speaking to now. So do attending to your relationship, having your relationship feel juicy and amazing and connected and, and, you get to feel expressed and you get to receive and you get to give and all of the yummy stuff actually has you be more attractive. You know, people can't put a finger on it, but they're like, oh, that one has the it factor. And I maintain that the it factor is you being a turned on person happy in your life and, and having wonderful personal relationships, whether it's a romantic or friend or you know, not everybody has a romantic relationship all the time, but you have friendships, you have family. And the more those relationships feel good and, and lift you up and have you feel wonderful, the, I, it directly impacts your bottom line. And here's a very specific example. When you get good at asking for exactly what you want in your relationship without shame, without fear, you actually get better at sales. It helps your sales conversation. Oh, now, can you say that one more time, please? Yeah. The better you get at asking directly for what you want in your relationship at home, being clear about your requests, receiving a person's yes or no with equanimity, and moving on, the better you're going to be at sales. If you can't ask for what you want at home, if you get all like, uh you know, could you maybe go to the store? Cause like, I can't, I've got the cat on my lap and I'm, my back hurts and I'm just too tired. And, and, and would you get me the thing? You know, if you're like doing that thing, I can guarantee you, you're messing up your sales conversations. Like you can't wow. ask for the sale. That just gave me goosebumps. That was a powerful sentence right there. But any, you said it earlier, the way we do anything is the way we do everything. Yeah. Right. So I yeah. want you to look at like if there's a chronic issue happening in your business, how could you work on that in in your relationships and get better at it and vice versa? If there's a chronic issue in your relationship, but you're good at it in your business, how could you practice it and bring it over so you get better at it in your relationship? Interesting. Very, very important. Um, and, and and again, it, it's not. I think that extends to our immediate family, mom, dad, brother, sisters, and, and that would trickle down to our business and the way we deal with our coworkers, customers, yeah. sales, you name it. Yeah, like if you have more capacity to deal with a family member who's upset 
and you can sit and be with that without getting reactive, you're going to be more effective with a team member who's having a problem, with a client who's having a problem, because you'll be, you have practice at staying steady in volatile situations. But if you lose your shit every time somebody says something to you, like it's going to hamper your ability to do business. I think honestly, you sh- that's something you should have like a course around uh, for businesses and corporate people on how mm-hmm. to connect and communicate at work using the exact framework that you've been talking about. Like, I need to talk about something important to you. Is this a good time or is this a bad time? What you did to me the other day or what you said the other day or what you've been doing is hurting me in this way. And I don't want, I want us to have, say, a good working relationship. And I hear a lot of people talking about issues like that. And and I believe that creates a lot of issues like like corporate politics and like, you know, backstabbing and stuff like that. And I think people would be in a much better place and a much more comfortable working environment if they could communicate on small issues or big issues like that and, and address things and I, I, I think a lot of times I don't know what I'm doing to people. And when they come up to me and say, Mustafa, here's what you said the other day. And that really hurt my feelings. I'd be like, oh my God, I will fix that. Because yeah. you, you think people know that they're doing that. They're doing that intentionally to hurt yeah. you or to do whatever. But chances are very high that they have no clue they're doing that to you. And if you Correct. bring it up, it will be fixed instantly and or with a you know conversation yeah. so that so uh, what i'm trying to say is you should have some training for corporate specifically for companies to teach team members on how to communicate like that effectively because i love that idea i love that i, I actually recently came up with a similar it's a little different framework um i call it it's called p a r t so i call it do your part you know, P period, A period. Anyway, it's an acronym. Do your part for greater connection, you know, to build more connection. Um, and that's that's a training I'm thinking about bringing, but uh, but it's interesting because it's a different framework than this one. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, the yeah. do your part program, how to reduce- Yeah, the do your part program, how to reduce friction at work. Yeah. yeah. And increase the profitability of your team. I would yeah. buy that for my team. all day long like that you're like do you think there's a bunch of issues with your team members absolutely would you be against fixing that absolutely not (laughs) (laughs) there's the no (laughs) no. right so thank you we talked about this briefly but how does the healthy relationship at home impact our bottom line well i already said like you know if 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 your communication isn't working well at home because you stifle things, you don't say what you actually feel, you're not, uh, you don't feel safe to ask for what you want, then that's directly impacting your bottom line because you probably suck at sales. Uh, number two, if you're if you uh, have trouble handling objections at home, you know, like if you lose your shit, if your partner doesn't want to do the thing you want to do, right? Hey, I want to go to the movies Friday night. Well, I don't. Well, you know, like if you can't handle a no at home, chances are you're not going to, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> it, 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 
And again, the energy piece. If you're distracted at work because things at home are volatile and dramatic and tense and not going well, or, or they're just flat and dead and you don't know how to turn it back on again, that's a distraction at work. That's bandwidth that you could be putting toward your business that you're losing on looping thoughts, distractions. Oh, yeah. Right. I mean, if it's eating away at you all day long and you're thinking about it and it's running in the back of your mind, chances are it will affect your work and it will affect right. your output and it, it will. Yeah. And here's day. the sneaky thing. Like if a client or a coworker shows up and, and acts in a similar way that falls into that same thing, you're going to yeah. react to that person <laughs> from that yeah, thing oh, yeah. from the fight you're having with your spouse, you're going to react to. <laughs> you're going to unleash on your customers. <laughs> you're going to unleash on your customers or your team member. And they're going to be like, what just happened? What's up with this guy? <laughs> yeah. Interesting. So it, it's worth it to have your relationship at home feel nourishing and amazing because it just makes you smoother and happier at work. Absolutely. So Mary Elizabeth, could you please tell us about the gift that you're sharing with our audience? Oh, absolutely. So I have a quick assessment assessment that takes about four to five minutes to take. And it asks, uh, it's 20 questions in five different arenas that I find very important around having a great relationship. And in a short period of time, like four to five minutes, you can see and celebrate what's working great where you're strong, where the strengths are, and see where you need to focus your attention because awareness awareness is the is the precursor to change, right? If you want to improve something, first you have to see what needs to be improved. And so this assessment helps you see, oh, we're doing great over here, but I can see, oh, we tend to, you know, we don't always resolve conflicts very well, or, oh, we need to put attention on what our vision is for the relationship where we're headed, or, you know, you get to see directly where you need to put your attention so that you can know where to focus your efforts. Cause otherwise it can be like, oh, I want my relationship to be better and I don't know what to do. This will give you the basis to know what to do because you know what to focus on because you'll see very quickly which scores are high and which scores are less high. Love it. So gang, if you're watching or listening, get access to relationship alchemy assessment, which will take you four to five minutes. The link is in the comments on the show on, on social media, and it's in the descriptions of the show. Get that link, do the assessment and do reach out to Mary Elizabeth to tap into her wisdom. This was a very enlightening conversation and I, and I could see us going for easily for another two hours. Oh yeah. If we had more time because there is way more to cover, but unfortunately we're running out of, out of time today. So do get access to the relationship alchemy assessment uh, and uh, do reach out. Lola, can I ask you some, some questions, some more personal questions about you? Yeah. All right, so what's a new thing that you have tried recently? In business or in general? Any, in general, business, ah. life. Oh, New thing I tried recently, I don't know if I can say this publicly, I um, I just did an ayahuasca ceremony for the first time with a beautiful Mexican shaman couple. I've never felt drawn to do it before. I've always felt it was very commercialized and, I don't know, not for me. 
And after I met these people, I, I thought, oh, I can be in ceremony with them. And it was a really beautiful experience. I, I, we were outside under the night sky, watching the moon go across the sky. I just felt such gratitude for life and really what felt is, connected. What's the name of the ceremony again? Ayahuasca. Ayahuasca? Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a plant medicine that indigenous people, it's a combination of a few roots and you drink it and, and it's good. It's done in ceremonial context. You know, it's not, for me, it wasn't very psychedelic. For some people it is psychedelic, but I didn't have any visions. I had more just physical sensation of bliss. Um, and, and it's different, different times. We'll see if I ever do it again, if it'll, if I'll have visions, I don't know. I'm, but for me, it was, I felt really connected to, uh, there's, there's a song that Mercedes Sosa made very famous that's called Gracias a la Vida, which, and the words are, Gracias a la Vida que me ha dado tanto. Like, thank you to life that has given me so much. And it still makes me emotional. The, the, the woman started singing that song during the ceremony. And I just was like, that's it. If I can just live in gratitude each day for life that has given me so much, that's enough. Love it. So um, I want to check it out. Uh, I've been recently told about the world of psychedelics and I haven't, I don't have enough information about it, but apparently uh, it's a, an entire world uh, worth exploring. And uh... I highly recommend checking out maps.org, M-A-P-E. Uh, maps.org it's an organization that has been studying the psychotherapeutic use of of psychedelics and you know because there's a lot of research being done into psychedelics and, and psychotherapy and how to do it you know under doctor supervision and that people are healing depression and suicidal ideation with ketamine i mean there's all sorts of amazing mm -hmm. uh, research going on and so MAPS is a really good hub. MAPS.org is a good organization to really get uh, foundational knowledge in the research. Um, and, and just, you know, they're doing a lot of work to legalize and use substances in ethical and medical, you know, responsible ways. Because it's not uh, about it being a party drug. Yeah. Interesting. Now, what are your top two or three favorite books, books that have made a massive difference in your life or business or books that you recommend all the time? Yeah. Uh, the Universe is a Green Dragon by Brian Swim. Let me see. I think I might, it might, it might actually be under my computer. I have to prop my computer on books. So, so I can't pull it out and show it to you without wrecking my setup, but um, it's all good. It's, that's a gorgeous, I, it's uh it, he's a um, a scientist and cosmologist, and and it's all about cosmology, the cosmos being this alive thing that we participate in, and and they being creative and alive, and we're plugged into that. And it's really, it's a gorgeous small book, uh, thin. So the universe is a green dragon. Um, let me see. Another seminal book for me, uh, I'm trying to think of one on relationships. Actually, my relationship coach, my former relationship coach, wrote a gorgeous book called Uncompromising Intimacy. 
and that's by Alexandra Stockwell. And it's really um, you know, I, I'm, a lot of what she teaches in the book, she talked to us and they're very effective uh, things. And so that's a great relationship book that I recommend. And I love uh, the work of Esther Perel as well. So Mating, Mating in Captivity uh, was a really important book to me as I was coming out of my marriage and embarking on this deep study. So Mating in Captivity by Esther Perel is another foundational favorite book. I'm just curious, have you read The Alchemist? Oh, I love The Alchemist. I love, that's another one of my favorites. Because as soon as I saw like the title of yeah. Alchemist, you must have read The Alchemist. <laughs> oh, I did years ago. I love, I love all of Paulo Coelho's book. I went through like a Paulo Coelho phase and I read like eight of his books. I tend to, I tend to tunnel vision. You know, I get into an author and I'm like, I have to read all the things. And so I went through a couple of years of Paulo Coelho. Like I love it. Cool. Now, what's one advice that made a massive change in your, in your life? I would say the biggest, which is the advice I actually give now typically is to stay curious. Like anytime you think, you know, <laughs> you're dead. You're like, <laughs> it's like, you know, if we can cultivate curiosity with each other, with ourselves, with life, oh, wow, I'm having this experience right now. Isn't that interesting? What can I learn from that? This is weird. Like the more we can have, it, it, it creates an openness and a, uh, a flexibility. My dog does not like curiosity, clearly. Um, it creates an openness and a flexibility of thought that I think is necessary. Love it. If you had a Facebook or a Google ad, where everyone on the planet with access to internet could see, which should be a few billion people. What would your message be for the people of earth? That you can have the depth of love and connection that you want. It's possible. It's possible. Love it. And, and the corollary is you're not broken. You know, you're not broken. There's nothing wrong with you. Like, you just need to learn how to show up. That's too many words, but I'll just stick with you can have the love and connection you want. Love it. Mary Elizabeth, this has been an absolutely amazing conversation. I really appreciate it. Uh, you sharing your wisdom and showing up 100% and being open to, you know, sharing your knowledge. Ta, could you share with us where people can find you and uh, they find out more about you other than uh, downloading your gift? Where else they could access and uh, reach out to you? Yes. So my website is relationshipalchemy.com. So you can go there. I also have a podcast titled Relationship Alchemy, which is in all the podcast places, including YouTube. I also have a weekly live broadcast that I do like this on uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube. So follow me on Facebook at 
Relationship Alchemy, M-E-M, which is also Instagram, which is also LinkedIn. Uh, and so I, I do offer a lot of free content and a lot of ways to access this knowledge. Uh, so those are the main places to start. And I have a program for women that's beginning in April. And so if you want to do a deep dive with me for a year and really overhaul from the ground up how you do relationship so that it becomes loving, generative, all the amazing things we've talked about today, then reach out through the website. Take the, take the assessment, get on my list, reach out, book a call. Absolutely. Love it. So gang, do a search for her name, uh, join and subscribe to her podcast, follow her and subscribe to her YouTube channel. And um, what, 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 what you bring up, Meryl's Elizabeth, is, is very important. And it, I think it, it makes a massive impact in our relationships, in our working relationships. And I see that very easily, how a lot of problems are springing from this big or small issue. And it trickles down in different areas of life, friendships, relationships, and business. And and so it's important to think about it, work on it, work on fixing it, and work with a professional like yourself and possibly in a group that you, you would put together. I'm, I'm, I think that, what, that your program would have a support group and, and a support component, which makes it even easier for people to get in there, get feedback, and work on improving their relationships. That will show up in their bottom line and the results and the rest of it. So gang, absolutely, do reach out, search her name. And as usual, please like and subscribe to the channel. If you know anyone that could benefit from this conversation, which should probably easily be eight or nine people out of 10 people that you know, <laughs> tag them in a comment. And I'm, but I, I believe an improvement could be made. Uh, it's make true. And, you know, uh, only one person, I, I work with couples as well, but I will say that if one person in a relationship is committed to improving, it changes the dynamic. Very often, the partner, you're in an energetic bond with someone. Yeah. So if you start changing something, the connection will change. So if you have a partner who maybe isn't into all this stuff, it's okay. If you start showing up different, they're going to shift. Absolutely. And if they don't, that's your answer. But hopefully they'll shift. I, I, you're absolutely right. It's an equation where like A plus B equals C. And if, you, if you're, if you say, B, if you change the way you look at things, your energy, the way you look at things, the way you approach your partner, the result of that re relationship or that equation, it, it, it must change. It's like a physical, mathematical e equation. Yeah, I know some people don't think about it that way, but, but it's, it is. It's, it's very simple as A plus B is C. And if you change one of the variables, the result is going to change. Amen. And I've seen people saying, oh, but he doesn't care. Right. Or she doesn't care. But yeah. and then it's like as long as you change. Yeah. Her stuff, like quick example, I started thinking about a person that I deeply care about differently and the results changed instantly. Exactly. And like what I. And I actually put a picture of them smiling, right? It's right in front of me right now at, as the background of my computer, which I'm like, when I talked about the visualization of the person and how you want to them to be for you. And it, it is started changing. Instantly. That's amazing. Yeah. We, people respond to how we 
think and feel about them. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So Love powerful. It. Beautiful. Appreciate it. Thank you, Yang. Uh, please, again, like and subscribe. Uh, and if you have any questions, put them in a the comment on social media on whichever channel, and uh, we will get back to you, either me or Mary Elizabeth, and um, we'll go from there. My name is Mustafa Hosseini, your host for the show, and I look forward to seeing you on our next episode. Bye now. Thank you.